Welcome, everybody, to the Eyes on Big podcast. Thank you very, very much for listening. I am your co-host, Jeffrey the Greek, joined once again by... This is Big Kurt. You can find me on Twitter. I am Jeff at Jeffrey the Greek. And I'm Big Kurt on Twitter. That's big with a, with, with a one, so B1G Kurt. And then my handle is at B1G K-U-R-T. All right, so we are done with the uh, team previews. Um, now we're going to move into a little bit more uh, fl- uh, topics with a little bit more flow to them, we're thinking. Um, a little bit more fun. Um, Kurt and I are kind of surprised at how little we've made references to our favorite TV show of all time or one of Seinfeld. Seinfeld. Um, so we'll probably get more of those worked in as it kind of pops up in the conversation. But uh, the title of today's podcast is the... Airing of Grievances, mm. followed by Feats of Strength, which is uh, off one of the greatest Seinfeld episodes of all time. Um, the Festivus, Festivus episode. Yep. Festivus yep. for the rest of us. So today we're going to be talking about, uh, we love college football. We love it. There might be a couple things that we cover today uh, that will go over some of the more annoying things that we think about college football. Uh, maybe give you a little bit better idea of the background of Jeffrey the Greek and Big Kurt. Okay. Yeah. We're going to do some background. Um, but, uh, so we'll start off with something that it is kind of annoying, but it, it's also the, uh, this kind of the start of college football, which is the, uh, the, t- the talking days. Isn't that what coaches call it? The, the talking season, talking Talk, season. Yeah, that's sure. what the ball coach used to call it. So we had uh, big 10 media days, Monday and Tuesday this week. Um, it's Saturday as we're recording this. So we just figure when it was still somewhat fresh, in uh, in the minds of Big Ten listeners, we would go over a couple things. Uh, so the, f- <laughs> the first thing we're going to play is, I think, uh, a to... question that a Ohio State beat writer right. asked of Jim Harbaugh. So they have each coach goes up to the podium and and talks and does their little spiel. By the way, Jim Har most coaches walk up and they'll talk about returning starters on offense, returning starters on defense, somebody that they're excited to to uh, watch grow this year into a different role or whatever. And Jim Harbaugh just walks up on the stage and goes, "Okay, ready for some questions." Um, so a couple more a couple questions were asked and then this was the question that was asked by I don't know who the guy was, but it, it was an actually a Michigan State. Yeah, I thought it was Michigan State. Michigan State. Yeah. Beat writer, we're going to play it for you right now. Perhaps the most hype of any coach in the history of the Big Ten, maybe in all of college football. A few years later, you've got a third place, third place, and fourth place finish, and you're one and five against Michigan State and Ohio State. What do you have to do this year to demonstrate to the Michigan community? that you are on the path to achieving what they hired you to achieve? Well, the improvement will lead to success, will lead to championships. And that's it. (laughs) That's it. It's hard to blame them. What a horrible question. Why would you ask that if you're a Michigan State beat writer? Because there's that much bad blood between Michigan State and but Michigan. If you're be. a real reporter, you don't ask a question like that. That's clearly a a, a fan a, like a, a question that a Michigan State fan would want to ask. Correct. You. Yeah, it's. I but think, that's what we're devolving into with Twitter, yeah. and coaches are getting asked this stuff. Um, he was out of line, and I'm glad that that khaki pants answered that way. I just so I feel like if you are a Michigan State guy or a Ohio State guy, or you just plain hate Jim Harbaugh. That answer probably just proved once again to you that Jim Harbaugh is is a loon. Well, now, to, I, I don't like Jim, but I loved that answer. Okay, so because I I'm not saying I have a, I'm on the uh, uh, Jim Harbaugh fan base, yeah. but um, but anyway, so that was a good one to start with for uh, Big Ten Media Days. Um, another one that that. The other splash at Big Ten Media Days. We're not going to spend a lot of time on it, but uh, uh, Ohio State had to can their wide receiver yeah. coach because of some sort of legalities. It basically was the – there was one different podcast I listened to, a national podcast, where that was like the only thing they talked about from Big Ten Media Days was bringing up how – Must have been riveting. Yeah. It, no, it was horrible. It was 12 yeah. minutes of excruciating uh, coverage of the Big Ten Media Days. I don't think there's anybody that can walk away from it saying that uh, um, Urban Meyer handled it well. He certainly did not handle it well. 
Um, but the fact of the matter is they no. caught it. They, they, whatever they caught in his background, they realized that it was time to move on. He's fired and, well, and they replaced him. And they only fired him because it became public. Yeah. If it had never become public, he'd still be coaching at Ohio State. And then that gets back to um, – I personally believe Urban Meyer – he he certainly had, you know, when he was in uh, uh, SEC days at Florida. Um, th- there's some there's some things that went down when he was recruiting and and being the coach at Florida. I don't recall a program since then having as many incidents as yeah. he had at Florida. Yeah, someday ESPN is going to make a thirty for thirty special about. Uh, uh, the couple years there for Aaron Hernandez yeah. on one side of the scale. And then on the other side of the scale, you've got uh, Tim Tebow, who yeah. might be the most pure soul that's ever won uh, right. a Heisman. I think you could probably say that. I don't know. There would be a, there'd be a pretty interesting 30 for 30 they can make for that. But he's, he's gotten a lot better since right. he went to Ohio state. So I'm, I'm not bagging on, on urban. I think he's generally had run a, you know, pretty clean. Very much. Program so. at very state. much. So. I mean, there's been, very few things oh, yeah. that you Very hear little. out of Ohio State. This is the first big one I can remember, really. And I think, I mean, just a side note on this, but speaking of Urban, um, he talks so much about being uh, as much of a kind of a life coach as he is a football coach, and he makes yeah. uh, there's required reading. I don't know if you've seen any of this stuff I, out of his players where they have don't remember to remember that. Yeah, well, he's doing he's doing this stuff now for Ohio State where it's okay. it's getting them to think about things other than football. Like he's mm. really trying to become this person just just uh, I'll, I'll just throw a conspiracy theory okay. out there i don't think urban's like long for the role at ohio state i don't see really? him still being the coach there how many Certainly, years do you give him i would set the over under at about five and a half right now okay what i could see you, that yeah i was thinking five before okay. you said that i was thinking about five so years at five left. and a half would you take the over or under i guess i'd i guess i'd have to go under yeah yeah yeah, I think I'd go under too. Uh, just so you guys know, I can turn any kind of conversation into a potential gambling <laughs> gambling deal. Um, so then, a couple other things. Uh, oh, what do you think of Lovey's beard? White beard was quite the yeah. So that's the second stealer. second real real appearance of the beard. He had one earlier, and it caused quite a stir amongst Illini fans. And there was speculation: how long is he going to keep the beard? There was kind of you know you probably could have set a pretty good over under and then he shaved it and a lot of it, it was mixed reviews some people were glad he shaved it they thought it was going to detract from recruiting because he looked too old <laughs> i loved it i thought he looked like santa claus and and now he's got it back so i think the beard I, hope play, he keeps it. I think the beard plays but i don't know how it necessarily play with recruits that's obviously the more important thing but. right um something else that uh came out of big 10 media days um and yes, I am that big of a nerd. I literally fast forwarded through or, or sat through almost every single coach on, on Big Ten Media Days. I watched a little bit of it last night, late night, but uh, didn't catch all of it. So you're going to have gonna say more I, I'm not going to say I me. sat and watched every single uh, coach, yeah. every single word. It was basically what I've fallen asleep to for three or four times this week. Uh, the one segment that I uh, watched all the way through was uh, Jim Delaney. I don't know. There's something about that guy whenever he talks. I watched I, Jim last night. Yeah. Okay. So I wasn't um, terribly impressed with his stage presence. No, though. no. He really is not like the most polished. No, he's not at and all. And I've thought that previously. Yeah, I guess I just never noticed it. It kind of stuck out last night. Yeah, I, I thought, wow, I, I I would think that he'd have a presentation more like a CEO, but he just kind of was a guy up there reading from a piece of paper. It seemed like a lot of O's and ums, and yeah. uh, which makes me feel better uh, re-listening to our own podcast here because uh, I, I pick up a lot of my own speech issues. But we all uh, have them. Anyways, um, one of the questions that was asked that I was uh, very excited about that somebody asked him was asking why or, or how long the big 10 is going to be playing nine conference games. Mm-hmm. Um, so Go we'll on. get, we'll get right into the airing of grievances okay. right now. Um, I don't think it's going away, but go ahead. So I am okay with the big 10 playing nine conference games. I am too. I, in theory. Yeah. I love that the big 12 does it. I love yes. that the pac 12 does it. Correct. But it drives me bonkers that the ACC yeah. and especially the SEC only play eight conference games. And that's games. why I'm against it. If it was uniform, I'd say, fine, nine is great. It gives you more good games to watch right? and less throwaway games. 
but uh, there's no you're at a competitive disadvantage when it comes to bowls versus the SEC and the ACC. So why do it? So that was the question that was asked to and, Delaney. And, and, and my, qu- my question is, they 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 claim it's for uh, gate receipts, right? How much TV? Yeah, that, I guess TV too. Okay, right. good point. But I was thinking, how much less do you make from like playing a group of five team versus a conference team? If it's a lower conference team, it's a good question. I don't it think it's like gate. five or ten thousand. 10,000 people at the most, I would think, in the stands. How much does that come to in the grand scheme of things when you're uh, I mean, if you take, if you take, take 8,000 people times 60 bucks a ticket, I mean, it's going to Yeah, but what up. percentage but more, of the overall revenue it is, is more? That? It is more selling. It's TV. To me, it's more. It's, it's just probably like TV else. more than they're, anything. They're, they're trying to get as much money out of the TV yes. deals as they can right okay. now. But Proceed. The question, again, it was asked getting back to comparing the, the Big Ten and playing nine games as opposed to eight. This is a, this is a Jim Delaney's quote. I don't think there's any doubt that playing nine games and the kind of rigorous schedule that we play makes achieving an undefeated season more difficult. And it is true that the committee hasn't chosen a school with two losses from any conference. We'll continue to watch this. Hmm. So, so he is maybe considering it. Um, I don't think there's any doubt. Um, my guess is what I would love to know the the secret uh, behind the scenes meetings that happen with these uh, university presidents and conference uh, uh, commissioners. Have they tr- have they tried to put pressure onto the the SEC and the ACC to step it up and play nine conference games? I wonder. They could put as much pressure as they want, but they're going to the do it if they want. No, they're never going to do and, it. And and. I mean, maybe we can turn this into. I've had a lot of people that know me and listen to the podcast. They've asked, you know, when are you going to talk about the Big Ten compared to the SEC? Mm-hmm. There's some stuff we can certainly get into right now. Sure. Um, it annoys me to a certain degree that the SEC is playing the fiddle like they are. The fact that Auburn and Alabama play the last week of the season in the Iron Bowl, and Auburn and Alabama and the second to last of this year, they play, they play Sisters of the Poor. Typically, yeah. it's a straight-up FCS opponent. Citadel, I think, is, yeah. is maybe <laughs> who Alabama's in. playing this year. Okay. I'm not, not sure about I that. I mean, but. it's pretty obvious they are protecting their brand when that is how the schedule is set up every and, single year. And I'm okay with that if every conference moves to the same model. But I'd, they're... I'd right. be fine with with the Big Ten putting a, an automatic win somewhere in the middle of the season as basically a bye week. I'd be fine with that. I'm not. Okay. I, I in the two in, okay. There are three. There are three choices here. Okay. The current one where there's some conferences playing nine, some conferences mm-hmm. playing eight, which is BS. Yep. Then there's the another option would be everybody playing eight conference game, mm-hmm. and then an option where everybody plays nine conference games. Number one with a bullet would for me would be everybody's playing nine conference games. And I can understand that if you're an Iowa fan. If you're an Illinois fan, I want four non conference games, schedule four wins, and you only got to win two in the Big Ten to get in to a bowl. Yeah. I mean I guess But that's just me being an Illinois fan. Um, But but if I step away that is a good but that is a good point. And then you have more teams from your conference in a bowl game. Correct. So that you get something out of that too. But but everybody is playing under the same rules if everybody's playing nine conference games it's it's going to even things out i think regardless. yeah that's true things would even out but i think it's imperative in college football to to have you standardize everything Correct. from one conference to so another. so to go through the options this is what i'm saying yeah. everybody plays nine games yep. nine conference or option two everybody plays eight games yeah. with four non-conference mm-hmm third place and it should be last place because there's a gigantic gap between number two and number three is what we currently have yeah which is three conferences are playing nine yeah. and two are playing eight it's, it is absolutely yes it's, it's ridiculous yeah. um one of my favorite uh, uh and I'll, can i go a step further i think you should mandate how many of those non-conference games are power five teams and Whatever you want to do, if you want to say, okay, you can play one FCS team or zero FCF, uh, FCS teams, it should be uniform across all teams, all conferences. Um, one of my favorite uh, Twitter follows, I don't know if you follow them or not, I, I think I've asked you, but is at SEC Exposed. Oh, yeah, of course. Yeah. And yeah. they 
they just point out the absurdity of SEC fans, and then they just hit hit you with stats over and over again that so, are pretty amazing. If you just if you're just a general viewer who watches ESPN, you'd be shocked at some of the the records that they throw out. Of, it is like insane. SEC versus other Power Five conferences, for instance. Their record is not, not good. good. Yeah, it's you take below out, average. You take out essentially what the, the one I saw re- well, most yeah, recently. You take out Alabama, and it gets really bad. Well, the the one they did most recently was they took out Alabama, mm-hmm. and then whoever the number two team in the SEC was, and they went back to I think it was I think ten years because mm-hmm. pretty much Alabama is the number one team every year. Taking out the top two teams of the SEC, taking those other twelve teams, and then yeah. doing their the versus Power Five okay. record was under five hundred. I thought it was under five hundred even with the the, the no, top two. It was taken. They're just over five hundred with the top two. Okay, I mean Alabama pretty much beats up. But on I think everybody. taking out the two top teams is a little bit weak. But I think if you took out the two top teams every year with every conference, the whole point. See, of that's this, what I like the, to the see. The whole point of this is. Not to say, because I get annoyed too, where, where your only two choices are the conference is great or, or, terrible. or it sucks. Yeah, like right. it, there's a different that, and, and everything has to be black or white. Yes, it's it's either one extreme yeah. or the other. Polarized. I am never going to say that the SEC is a is a crappy conference. The whole point that I make and that I think SEC Exposed tries to make all the time is. It's just another conference yeah. after you get past the 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 top team in yep. Alabama. That's yeah. it. That's the whole point you're trying to make. And let's be honest, Alabama's carried that conference for a yeah. long time. Oh, there's such there's tons of funny memes out there where it just shows like the Alabama I love that elephant yeah. and he's just carrying, carrying all the all, other the, all yeah. the other mascots on his back. And again, it's like you get back to what pisses you off so much about it is that they're they're doing it. They they saw what the just like what they do in recruiting. Whatever they can get away with, they're going to push the envelope. That's right. I think a lot of times yep. push past the envelope. Yep. And whatever they got to do to get the talent in, whatever they got to do to set up their schedule that gives them an unfair advantage, and that's yep. what they're they're doing. And they're not breaking any rules, so who no. can blame them? Well, they're not well I mean, any, they're not breaking any rules with the schedule. <laughs> with the schedule, that's <laughs> right? Recruiting is a whole another freaking story. But um, the other thing that SEC Exposed points out all the time is just the. Uh, they they play the SEC plays an inordinate amount of FCS schools compared yeah, to the right. other conferences. Yeah. So this is what I would throw out for for my number one way to do this. Okay, and some I'm stealing from various people uh, on on how this goes down. But nine conference games, three uh, out of conference games. One of the out of out of conference games has always got to be another Power Five. I agree. Opponent. Yep. The other two would be if you want to do another Power Five, that's up to you. But right. most time, it's going to be you know the Mac and Whack type of well, opponents. And, like and then s- and then the FCS game. Okay, so you do get you're saying it's played in the spring. That's mm, your spring game. I don't know. Oh. I don't know about that. So I could I could be I could be talked away from the F because the other FCS way to do it is you can only play one FCS opponent every three years. That's it. That's the max you can put on your schedule. See, but I would rather have it uniform from one year to another. Okay. I'd be okay with playing one FCS, or I'd be okay with playing none, but just make it standardized. And I'm glad you brought up spring, because, you know, I realize there's not a whole lot to talk about for a few months of of the year, right? A lot of people, a lot of these radio shows I listen to on ESPNU, um, a lot of the podcasts talk about how to, quote, fix spring. It's not broken. It's practice. Right. Get over it. Well, there's no fixing it. It was never supposed to be a spectator it, sport correct. to begin with. Right. Yeah. And I guarantee the coaches don't want it, quote, no, fixed. No. I, I understand. And I certainly understand there isn't more than five or six coaches in all of FBS that would agree to play a straight up football game in the spring. And I'm not saying it's a it's a straight up exhibition. I'm just saying that's the chance for FCS to play it. Now, throwing so, that throwing that to the side, you can't I don't think there's enough FCS schools to say that a, a Big 10 team, a Power 5 team has to play, let's just say for not three non-conference games, yep. one Power 5, one group of 5 uh-huh. and one FCS every single year. I don't, don't think, think there's so? I don't I think it would be tough to pull off. Hmm. Okay, I don't know. But have to the whole point it. we're driving at here is let's have some friggin' 
uniformity. Absolutely. Across the board. That's why you need a commissioner in of all of of NCAA. So you have uniform punishments for, for players misbehaving. That's another one. I mean, SEC, let's be honest, they give their guys a slap on the wrist. Okay, you're suspended against Lafayette, but you get to play against Alabama the week after that. Whereas, you know, you look at suspensions, the standard suspension in Illinois is three football games for just, you know, a basic violation of team rules, automatic three games. Doesn't matter who it's against. I mean, I, when you think of how much of a billion dollar, multi billion dollar moneymaker that college football is, the fact that it is being run by a bunch of boobs. Yeah. Of the with the NCAA and that there is not a centralized commissioner governing over the whole thing. So is, I think we have we've just coined our, our first uh podcast term boob yeah. is is gonna be We're our gonna term boob. for yeah, anybody who's not doing their job well. Yes, boob. Boob. Yeah. And and that certainly qualifies for anybody at the NCAA. Mark that Emmert, is a, right? a waste of an organization. It is. It is absolutely are, in fact they're they're tobes is what they are. Tits on a bull. Totally useless. <laughs> Serve no purpose. You're not going to get any argument from me there. Um, the only thing they do is generate money from the NCAA basketball tournament. There is, and uh, they're pretty good at that. They're very I'll give them credit. At, there. They're very good at that. Yeah, they make a lot of money off the NCAA tournament. But like what, their government, their governorship over college football is is ridiculous. It's a joke. It, it is a joke. So we kind of went off uh, on a couple different paths right there. Sorry but, about, but that. no. But back to the whole thing is. Sometime soon, um, my guess would be. I think when the new TV deals are up, which is two years, I think twenty 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 two, isn't it? Or oh, is it twenty two? I thought it was twenty. I, okay. I'm not sure. I don't know. I just would love to see sometime in the next four to five years that it is decided that every conference has to play the same amount of conference games. I don't see it happening. Unfortunately, until there's a commissioner, it's not going to happen. Or until NCAA just steps up and decides to to you know, regulate stuff like this is not going to happen, which they'll never do because they're useless. Yeah. Feel the same way. So getting back to the media days and the coaches, I'm sure everyone wants to hear what their individual coach said about their team. So I'm going to summarize what every, all 14 head coaches said in media day. And, And one thing I always think about with that, what you just said, for the most part, when I turn into Big Ten Media Days, I fast forward for most things and just get to yeah. the Iowa content, listen to Kirk, what Kirk Ferentz yep. has to say. How many, per, what percentage of most fans, just even specific Big Ten fans, actually watch more than four minutes of other coaches and other parts uh, I, of the. Very, very low. Very low. But I'm going to summarize so that they don't have to watch. Okay. Okay. All right. So I can, here's what every one of them said. Everyone. Yeah, everyone. This will take about a minute. We just had the best offseason that we have ever had in program history. We we love our recruiting class. I don't care where they're ranked. These guys are all underranked. They're they're all better than what their ranking says. We made the most incredible strength gains in this offseason. Our strength program (laughs) is amazing. We gained weight. We got bigger. We got faster. We got stronger. We've never had more chemistry than we have on this team right now. That's from players to coaches to trainers. Everybody is on the same page. Now, I'm not guaranteeing a certain number of wins, but I can tell you, you're going to be happy with what you see on the field this year. Does that sound about right? No, that's that's pretty much dead on. No, thanks. Yeah. Um, the one that makes me chuckle the most is, well, I don't know. It could be either the strength gains or the recruiting part. Yeah, the because everybody, every coach knows if you don't have the top three or four class in your conference, everybody's like, ugh, right. we don't like our recruiting. Yeah. So they always go to the, we recruit guys to, to our, our, our strength. Even our when system. they're a low star guy, he is fitting right into our system. Just what we're looking for. We wanted that lower star guy over the, the high star guy. Yeah. Um, but the thing is, is from a coach's point of view, I mean, we've already laughed about Harbaugh's uh, mm-hmm. response. They can't, everything that they would say that would be more 
black and white straight up that's bulletin board material for a different team potentially if you right. get to detail i sympathize with the coaches because first of all they don't want to be there yeah second of all they don't feel like they have to share anything with anybody and they shouldn't have to feel like that all they have is a bunch of people asking them questions they don't want to answer and so you know i hate listening to coach speak but i don't blame them for doing it I like to uh, the parts I like to watch is for the Big Ten Network, and they as far as what the Big Ten Network has to do, their coverage is good. Yeah. I mean, it's really it's thorough. I like to watch some of the players get interviewed. See, um, I don't like that either. Really? No. Well, basically, I like Unless to watch it's like it. candid stuff that's not really about football. And you'll see some of that yeah. stuff. I just the thing I always think about is you know in some instances these guys are twenty, twenty one. Yeah. <laughs> they're just kids still to they, a certain degree they're, they're not very they, good in front of the mic of course not no yeah I mean, how can you blame them i, I don't know i kind of like watching the awkwardness sometimes i don't that's why i don't watch it it just hurts too much it makes it it cracks me up um yeah what else you got anything else dad do we want to air grievances about uh targeting yeah okay so we've uh in into the more um this will be broad. This will be a broad topic. This isn't just certainly Big Ten specific. Um, I don't know if uh, Kurt, you would call Kurt and I old school, but we definitely have old souls on uh, uh, certain topics. I've got one that I'm kind of passionate about. Kurt's got one that he's passionate about, and they kind of marry up together. So one of uh, Kurt's best uh, favorite follows is Bill King, yes, and uh, Bill King's number one thing that he tweets out and is annoyed by is the targeting rule. So take it away, man. He absolutely despises it. First of all, Bill King, follow him on Twitter. I think it's at Bill is King, I believe is his uh, Twitter handle. He hosts the radio program out of Nashville, WNSR Radio, airs from 6 to 9 a.m. Central, Monday to Friday. Great show, focuses on college football nationally, not just uh, regionally. So I recommend giving him a listen. He hates targeting just as I hate targeting. So here are just a few of the problems I have with the rule in general. You have a guy who's making an honest intention to tackle properly and within the rules. And then you have incidental contact of the helmets just grazing each other. Anytime the helmets touch, automatic targeting. Throw the flag. The other one is you have a guy who just has a genuinely excellent hard hit. Right. If you have a hard a hit that's too hard, even if it's legal, targeting. Here's my biggest problem with targeting. You you commit this infraction, whether the call is right or wrong, kicked out of the game. That should never happen. Absolutely. If your intention is to hit properly and you accidentally don't, how can you kick a guy out of a game for that. And there's there's a finite amount of football games that you get to play in your whole life. I mean, I don't know about you, but yeah. our regular season in high school was only nine yeah, games. It's crazy. In college, I'm old enough. It used to be 11. Yep. Now it's 12. It's not like a basketball or a baseball right. game where you're playing a lot of a lot of games per per season. This is it. This is all you got. Kicking a player out of and they publicly the, shame him. They put the camera on him and watch him get escorted, by the way, off of the field. You can't even be on the field. You get escorted into the locker room. It's ridiculous. It's like a public flogging. <laughs> right. I mean, shame. Yeah, just shame. shame. So, so then you, you have all these players that are afraid to have helmet-to-helmet contact. So what do they do? They dive for the knees. Is that really that much better? Absolutely not. I have a solution to the whole thing. I'm actually a genius because I thought of this. I used to just think I was average intelligence. Now I'm sure I'm a genius. Let's put you over top. Be- because I have a solution for okay. this. My brother plays rugby. I think yep. still to this day. Yep. Can't believe it. That's ridiculous. I, I can barely walk up a set of stairs. He plays rugby. He's older than me. And I think, uh, let's see, he's 45. So he told me that the way that they tackle in rugby there's a rule. You have to tackle between mid-thigh and chest. That's the hitting zone. You cannot hit the knees. You can't hit the head. And you also can't tackle with a shoulder. You have to wrap. Adopt rugby tackling rules. Well, you're, if, already, you're already... I know you're seeing a lot of that. Yeah, I mean, coaches are... 
are they're starting uh, to coach they're, they're that coaching way. it it's definitely becoming more more prevalent coaches that like the rugby uh tackling will even go so far as to say it is just a more efficient way to get the ball yeah carrier. i know i've heard a lot of coaches starting to say that but then so if you institute that rule that i just explained and if a guy violates it 15 yard penalty but don't kick him out of the we game. We don't need to kick people out of the game. That's just ridiculous. I would even say 15-yard penalty and you have to get pulled off the field for a play. I'm okay with that. I guess I'd be okay with it, but I don't think that's necessary either. I mean, it's more of like a penalty box type of thing at that point. Yeah, of, I don't know. I, I, I don't want that, but I would be okay with it. I mean, it's not much different from the fact that if you if your helmet comes off, you have to sit out. You have yeah, to sit out for a play. Same. Thing. I'm not sure how I feel about that. Well, it's though, stupid either. too. I'm just stupid. saying. It's just arbitrary. If, if, that, if you can pull out, pull a player out of a uh, game for one play because his helmet comes off, you can pull out because he, right. he has an illegal head. Yeah. Um. Yeah. I mean, I don't think there's any question that, by and large, every time I've seen a coach get interviewed, whether it's uh, uh typically you just see it for for college. I don't know why, but it, you just don't see it as much where they're talking about this stuff for the NFL high school coaches. They'll say the same thing. They're definitely okay with making parts of the game safer. If and I am too. And I think I am too. Um, I don't think anybody, I don't think any coach is, is, is saying that they, they want to completely, you know, go back to the old school no. ways or whatever. But the thing that blows my mind is I've seen X or current quarterbacks. I've seen X or current wide receivers when they get asked. So they're the ones that typically speaking, the targeting, you know, mm -hmm. is going against with any kind of ball carrier, obviously yep. they're like, listen, it's a violent game. You cannot legislate every single aggressive hit right. out of the game. We know there's, there's some assumed risk when we go across the middle or whatever. I think even they understand and they're not looking at it from a defensive back or a linebacker's point of view that it gets ridiculous. And I doubt they want guys diving at their knees either. Well, that could be a big part of it. Yeah. Yeah. Easy and, solution. I'm sorry. I can't believe that nobody's ever seriously considered and, adopting the rugby rules. And we're heading that way. There's already a little bit of stuff like that that's implemented into college football where guys are, are teaching more of the rugby, keeping yeah. away from the head. But they're doing that voluntarily. The the rugby, the coaches that are teaching rugby tackling. Yeah. Because, they're doing that voluntarily. Well, it's voluntarily for two things. Number one, like I said, I think it's better tackling. Number two, I think it, it stops, is. Well, it stops getting penalties. That's why they're, yes. they're adopting it. Right. But I think the, the one of the bigger things that you just said was there are times where everybody that's watching a game in their living room, they see the hit. Yep. It is Pretty darn obvious, right when you watch it on, he that you can tell he didn't try to do that on purpose. The right. guy, the, he was going in. You could tell he was going in in the right general area around the chest. He wasn't even leading with his head. Yep. And at the last minute, the ball carrier turns his head towards. So the that's another one. Head. Yes. How can How, you you possibly stop yourself at that point? So you I can't. understand taking a look at the play, but they should be able to take a look at that play and say. It was impossible for that exactly. defender to pull his head from the side. But that's not part of the rule. It should be. And it's right should now. Be. I right know. Now. That that is ridiculous. Yes. Yeah. It's a stupid rule. I don't know of any fan or coach or player that wouldn't agree with what we're saying right now. And which and by the way, the fans, the coaches and the players is the is the that's why, why we, that's why we're playing these damn games. Play the games and why we watch them. And so the, if we we were all in agreement of this, how how has it not been adopted into a law? And then then you look at the momentum swing that happens when one of those plays happens, right? Because a lot of times you're stopping a guy from making a first down, let's say. Well, then targeting, even though you stopped him and stopped him, you know, I think most of, not most of the times, a lot of times within the rules, we're going to give you first down anyway. Right. And your drive continues. Right. And then you score. And it's the whole flow of the game and everything. Yeah. I mean, everything it swings slowed games. down. It swings games all the time that I watch. And it pisses me off. Yep. I'm sick of it. And again, I mean, well, it is, it is not, a, it's not a contact game. It, it is a violent game. So it, it, <laughs> back to the thing about trying to make the game safer. Bill doesn't care about that. He just wants hard hits. Right. I'm okay with making the game safer, but just be smart about it. But this it, is a dumb, dumb, dumb rule. It is. I don't think there's anything more to say about it. So moving from, a topic that is uh, that 
Big Kurt is passionate about with the targeting role. Pretty much fits right into something I'm passionate about, which is uh, CTE. And I don't think there's any way if you follow NFL, college, or even high school, if you're following one of those sports, and obviously you probably are if you're listening to this podcast, CTE is brought up ad nauseum. It's it's brought up all the time in, in relation to college football. It's got to be one of the, the hottest topics, one of the most commonly talked about topics in, in regards to football these days. Right? It's almost like... It's part. It has to be a part. Of you have the to talk about it if you're covering football. So one of the things that they always talk about when the media or somebody on social media is talking about this topic is a study that was done, and I believe the study was done in 2013. It's kind of hard to figure out um, um, how many uh, right when the study started. But one thing that you always hear about with the study is that there was 111 NFL brains that yeah. were studied. So you might not know there was actually 202 brains, total brains, total brains okay. that were studied. And by the way, the only way to study a brain to see if it has CTE is when a person's dead. Got to be there dead. There is no current way no. with science to no imaging of any kind that can detect CTE. Yep, they actually got to. Take it out of your skull, yes. not to get uh, gross with it. So and put it under a microscope. Correct. I believe is, is how they determine it. So the study is about 111 NFL brains and how 109 of them had confirmed CTE. Mm-hmm. There was three different uh, uh, ways that they said CTE. It was severe CTE, okay, mild CTE, or not found. Okay. okay? So two of them were not found. The uh, there was right around 10 that had mild CTE and the rest okay. had had severe CTE. Every time I hear about this, they always talk about the percentage. What I never hear or very rarely hear is the fact that they studied the brains of 111 guys that yeah. played football at the highest level, the highest level. that yeah. were already showing signs of, of headaches, memory loss, depression, Yeah, the various CTE. symptoms that, that CTE normally causes. Correct. Yeah. So essentially, and, and I'm big into analogies, which you might pick out. This is the one I'm workshopping. I don't know if this is great. <laughs> I think it's, yeah. It's okay. Give it a I shot. I ran it by Kurt before. Essentially what they're saying is we're going to look at swimmers, mm-hmm. guys that, 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 People that swim. That love swimming. That love swimming. And we're going to we're gonna study how many of them are getting bit by sharks. Right. But instead of studying All a swimmers. vast variety of swimmers, we're just going to talk to swimmers that swam in shark-infested water off the yeah. northern coast of Australia. Okay. And holy cow, we found out that 99% of these people have either been bitten by a shark or had a had a had had some kind of scare with a, a shark. I think it's a solid analogy. How is it not brought up more often that that is what this study right. is nobody, showing? Right, nobody talks about the details of the study. No. All they talk about that. is the percentages. So what this has turned into is a hysteria, okay? I'm yeah. not... I'm, it, there is basically propaganda at this point. It is borderline propaganda, and I think a lot of people would say it's not even borderline anymore. I agree. Um, I'm not the only one that feels like this. Again, Kurt and I reference Twitter a lot. If you want to follow somebody on Twitter that is pretty awesome about th- throwing facts out there, it's Danny Cannell. Uh, so I was going to bring up Danny because yeah. I was listening the other day, and he was he was basically saying what you're saying right now is he he's, he used the word biased, and he didn't mean it like. He basically meant it in the scientific way. You're already taking people that are showing symptoms. And and they knew going into the study that it was a biased study. But people are using it as if it's an unbiased study. Correct. That's the problem. People, writers in the media are using it as, as if it's unbiased. And something that blows my mind is a lot of the writers in the media that are using this biased study to talk about it over and over again are guys that make their living off of covering college football and off of clicks on on Twitter and and I guess they figure well I'm 46 or however old that writer is if I kill the yep. sport in 15 years I'll be close to retiring I don't really care right I guess I would think you would have a little bit long term plan that you're not killing off the sport that millions and millions of people make their their livelihood off of doing right um, so to talk more about a little bit more about that that study. 
um, there's a, a doctor that he's a neurologist. Okay. Okay. So his point of view matters more than than mere sure. big Kurtz. His name is Doctor Peter Cummings. <laughs> <laughs> An unfortunate name. You would think he would have a different line of work. I was going to say, are you sure he was studying CTE? So Dr. Peter Cummings, you can find uh, um, his uh, uh, studies. There's there's other studies that you can find on inter- on the internet talking about it. His article that he wrote, so he said, I'm a neurologist that has sons. I might be one of the few, few neurologists that will let my sons play college okay. football or high school football he said or whatever. That. He, okay. Yes, he said that. Didn't know that. Then he talked about how he didn't get named names on who this was, but mm-hmm. it was a mother, okay, okay, that came into his office with a her son who had played football. I don't know exactly what his age was, but he was pretty young, like a freshman okay. or sophomore in high school. He did get a mild concussion from okay. playing football. She came in. They were. He walks into the office. They're sitting there. They're both crying, and he's like, "What's going on?" And they had just been confirmed that yes, he had had a concussion. Okay. And they're like, "Is that it? Oh Lord, are we? Is what does this mean? Is he ever going to be the same?" And the whole point of the yeah. article was it's turned into a hysteria. He yeah, had to sit him is. down and say, "You need to stay out of contact." Yeah for about three days, maybe a week, but this right. seems to be mild. Your brain's going to heal. Once the you, you don't have any kind of headaches or anything, you're probably good to go back in and mm. even play football. Again, the whole point trying to be made here is, we, I think we've got a lot of, of examples right now of people believing whatever is fed to them yeah, in the media. Sure. This is no, Most people do. This is no different. Yep. And what, they just, that was it. They thought it was a death sentence. Right. He had to literally talk them out of that he wasn't going to spend the rest of his life a depressed, decrepit person. <laughs> right. Hey, I've had a couple of concussions, and look how well-adjusted I am. <laughs> right. He's going to okay, be and, fine. And, and that's a perfect time as any, because the whole point we're trying to get to that that um, uh, Danny Canelo always gets to is, could you talk to some more broad football players yeah. across other spectrums and right. the fact that I'm, I show no signs of having issues. And right. he played, obviously, at the highest level in yes. college football and into the, into the NFL. Yes. I played all high, through high school football into the Division One level. You played at, at through high school football. Just through and, high school, yeah. Okay, I'm being honest. I've had three concussions in my life. Two of them were, were football-related. What did okay. you have? I had uh, at least two, and both were football-related. Okay. Two of mine were, uh, one was in high school, one was in college, and the worst concussion I ever had was when I was riding in the back of a pickup truck with mm. my brother. He slammed on the brakes. I slid all the way from the back of the truck to the front, yep. smacked my head against the cab, and and went to baseball practice. And I didn't know where I was at. Yeah. I, there's a couple things I want to point out. Number one, you can get a concussion from not playing a contact sport. That's, well, that, soccer, that is possible. Soccer apparently right. has a high instance of concussions from heading the ball. Huge. I guess. Huge. Which just uh, blows my mind. And the, there is nobody is denying that there is a correlation between CTE yes. and football. Of course there is. I think you'd have to be somewhat of a yeah. moron or literally just cannot believe what you're seeing. What I'm saying is that there are other benefits to be pulled from playing football that you that can usurp the risks that you're taking. The yeah. other thing that I want to point out, and this would be back into the study, that same study uh, had guys uh, that never played football past youth. Okay, there was guys that never played football past high school, mm-hmm. then college, and then the NFL. Shocker! As you moved up through the ranks, there was a much higher chance sure. for you to have CTE. So you're not only are you playing longer, you're playing at a higher level. So it's there's just going to be, you know, higher impacts. Correct. Because players are bigger, faster, and stronger right. when they're 17 as opposed to 12. Right. When they're 21 and they've been in a college, you know, nutrition and and strength chaining. And then obviously in the NFL, when you are playing football at the highest level, here's a couple things to point out too. When you're moving through to go to a higher level, you maybe got 
a full ride scholarship right to play yep at a division one level or a division three level you got a partial scholarship and got into college because you're good at playing football you're pulling an education back out of that right i certainly didn't come anywhere close to the nfl but i got something out of playing at that level yeah then obviously when you get up to the nfl level now you are talking about making millions of dollars even if you're able to stay on a roster for three years we already know that there is a correlation it is definitely good that we've advanced to understand if a guy gets a concussion that he should be pulled out of the game yeah. and he might not even play so there are we should point out there are good things happening 100%. from this i mean 100%. people are being more careful which is a good thing i think it's always good for people to know what they're getting into but now you can make that choice do I want to take this risk and and reap all these benefits? Which direction do I want to go in? That is it. That is yeah. the only Now, people I'm have always known that football is dangerous. This is nothing new. So people have always been making that choice. But I think it's good to have more information out there. I remember, this is the stupidest thing, but a little bit old school. I, I, I remember during our hottest days of camp in high school, we didn't get water breaks until yep. we got something right that we were trying to practice over and over again. Well, yep. you look back and you're like, well, maybe the part of the reason we're having troubles concentrating is because we're freaking thirsty. <laughs> so I lucked out when I was a freshman in high school. They had just changed the policy and the coaches had just changed the policy really? of, of water breaks. The, they had had policies like that where, you know, either you, you couldn't get a break until you did something right or there was only a certain amount of breaks. They made it very, very clear to us. If you are ever thirsty go get water get a drink of water yeah yeah so um, I, I remember them explaining that thinking this is the greatest thing because i had just come from a wrestling program in sixth and seventh sixth seventh eighth grade where they wouldn't let you drink water at all during the practices and i'd always go over and like try to sneak and not only water. that but you, you you couldn't take your helmet off either i remember that was a, a rule for us okay and i just remember was there anything better than when you finally got to take your helmet off in a hot practice? It felt like you were stepping into an yeah. air-conditioned room <laughs> right. just taking the helmet off. The whole point I'm trying to make as a comparison with that is, obviously, we're smarter now. You need to hydrate yeah. nonstop. Sure. We, we have moved into intelligence yeah. of Which if is a great. person gets a, good a, a concussion, they're, they're almost for sure going to be done during the game, and they yeah. should be. They might right. even be done for the next for the game next if game, that's yeah. the case. But back to what you're saying before, just to touch on this a little bit more, as far as understanding there's inherent risks, okay? Once you get to uh, certainly the NFL or any kind of semi-professional level of playing football, you are doing it for money. This is a way of life, right? Yep. There are, are assumed risks that you're doing for the for uh, playing football. So to, to compare this to a different walk of life, okay? okay? I have been involved or sell into the construction world uh, mm -hmm. Pretty much since I've been mm -hmm. out of college. Okay, another another analogy here. Okay, if a person is a roofer, okay, okay, or a person is a painter that paints indoors, sure. Okay, who has a better chance of falling and breaking his leg? I would assume the roofer. Okay, how is that any different comparing an NFL football player? That's a good point. This is a great a, analogy. A, I like a, this one. A baseball player, right? It is assumed yes. because you play football and you crash into six foot three, two hundred and fifty five pound guys that run a four or five that you're probably going to get hurt at some point. Also, by the way, a baseball player can get, you know, could get a concussion, could yeah, slide it in home and happen. It's 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 rare. Take a know. ball to the noggin. But there's a sliding scale that we assume it how is it any different roofer to, it to painter than it is than it is NFL player to to baseball player? Shouldn't be. I, I think I you've I think you've made your point. Um, I think the last thing that I would point out is I guess just to reiterate again I I I'm I I'm about to have my second son. I not I don't know if they're going to play football because I don't know how big, fast, strong, or how much they're even going to like mm -hmm. playing football. I will definitely let them. Play or even football. if there will be football when they grow up. See, that's sad yeah. that you would say that. I'm just but joking. here's the here's the positive side of it on the on the flip side. There really is. I mean, it's not a joke. There's there's parents aren't letting their kids oh, yeah, it's, play football. I think a lot it, this less is, and this, less people this is, are gonna be playing football. And this is sad. My my brother 
Um, oldest brother, his son is uh, uh, 15 years old, about to be 15 years old. And this is when I met. Yeah, yep. yeah. And he's really good kid, really good at yeah. football, really smart. He's, and he play, he's, he's playing football. And there was a parent that said something to my brother about, wow, you let your kid play football. Oh. Yeah. And this is happening. This is, this is a dad that said it. Boy. And and basically my brother's like, yep. And thanks for the fact that he's going to have less competition to get a scholarship and move on because there's less people playing. Awesome. And good that comeback. is the badass retort that you yeah. have to those. And and that is the, that's the positive. Yeah. That's the silver lining. I guess so. I don't think there's any doubt that five years ago, you would have more competition than you will 15 years from now because there simply won't be as many There's just not gonna be dudes many. playing football. The sad thing is they're going to probably start playing soccer. Oh, and I, I, I'll tell you another thing. You're, you're going to, like we've said for the I don't want to waste our listeners' time on soccer, <laughs> no. but, oh, don't get me started. My, one of my foils on, on Twitter, Braden Gull, is he, he loves he, soccer. He's apparently a college football guy, but just – Tweeted nonstop. He's not really a college Cup. football game. He's a guy. He's a he's an SEC guy. That's accurate. Yeah. And Kurt and I just back to back. We just kept sending <laughs> gifs or gifs or GIFs whatever of, of flops, it's just floppers, soccer flopper, flops. soccer flops. <laughs> My favorite of which is the guy flicking the other guy's ear, and he falls down. and he falls to the ground. If uh, if you are a soccer lover and you're listening to this and we've offended you, I'm very happy to have offended yeah, you. My guess I'm not is sorry. there are no there are no soccer players ever listening to this podcast. Thank God for that. Anything uh, anything you want to add? Hopefully, ironically, this didn't give you a, a headache. Ooh, wow! Listening to this, but I think that's I think that pretty much sums it up right there. That'll put a bow on. Yeah. It. All right. All right, everyone. We'll. Well, yeah, so I guess we better put. So uh, that'll be the end of this podcast here. We got a couple other things to expand on uh, before. Like I said, we'll uh, eventually pretty quick here. We'll move into the the weekly preview and then the weekly recap. Which is recap. really why we started this podcast. Oh my gosh, right? I can't can't wait yes. to start talking about the, the games. actual meat yeah. of the podcast. Um, less than thirty days away for from college football in general. Less yes. than thirty. Three days away from Big Ten football with yes. the opening uh, the Thursday, Thursday night, night game, game, Northwestern Purdue yes. and Minnesota, and I think it's New Mexico State. I, I'm, that's the right. Name, the I believe that's right. Me. So we're getting close, guys. Um, again, uh, we're we're gonna move up uh, as much as possible to try to get onto the more podcast platform. Well, it's gonna happen soon. Our our producer needs to get on that. Baba Bowie's gonna take care of that. Hopefully and, this weekend. And by Baba Booey, we mean Big Kurt. We That's, really mean he's Big the producer. Kurt. I don't have time to do that. But when stuff I'm producing, I call myself Baba Booey. So we're going to try to keep moving up, but please forward on to your friends, forward on yes. to coworkers, whatever. Tell everyone. Yep. And once again, I'm Jeff at Jeffrey the Greek on Twitter. And I'm Big Kurt on Twitter at B1GKURT. All right. Thanks a lot, guys. Thank you.